Welcome to the Librarians by the Sea podcast, where we share our love of a good book with you. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. This podcast is presented by the Swampscott Public Library. back to the Librarians by the Sea podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Margolis. And I'm your co-host, Sarah Jardina. Are you happy it's July? Very happy. We're <laughs> halfway through summer. Halfway through summer. Just starting summer. I guess, kind of. I, summer solstice was like literally two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but when this airs, it'll be July 1st. There we go. <laughs> Shh, don't tell our secrets. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hope everybody is having a good weekend and looking forward to uh, their nice long weekend. I assume a lot of people are going to have off on Monday because it'll be Independence Day. Oh, that's right. Yes. And I hope you all get to go to the beach, barbecues, the whole nine yards. Yay. Yay. Summer. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's glad. To, well, us adults, we don't really get vacations, but students, you're done with school. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. I was at home a couple weeks ago and my mom looked at me and she was like, you know what today would have been? And she, I was like, what? She's like, it would have been your first day of summer camp. And I was <laughs> like, oh, can I go back? What kind of summer camp did you go to? It was just like a day camp. Oh, yeah. yeah like you just went there and you hung around outside and got heat stroke. Oh, great times. <laughs> Miss it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's get into... What are we reading? Yes, my favorite subject. <laughs> so I'll start. So I finally finished You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akweke Meze. And their book was just so beautiful. It made me cry. It was just healing from overcoming like loss. And they had talked about in an interview that they wanted to write a book that was happy, mm-hmm. even in such dark darkness. And such turmoil and like they nailed it. It was great. I loved it. Just a feel good book or was it? It was, I wouldn't describe it as a, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a feel good book. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it was good for the soul. I mean, it was about this woman. I talked about this in the last podcast whose husband had died in a terrible car accident and it's five years later. And, but it was, it was very stressful at times. Uh, But it was really good. I recommend. It's on display. (laughs) Um, And then, oh, and then I had a long car ride. So I listened to All of the Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. And um, if anyone listening has read Station Eleven, if you think that she gives up writing about pandemics, you would be wrong. (laughs) But um, I was actually, I was listening to the... Greenwich Library series. Um, they had like an hour long interview with her on YouTube. I'll put a link to it in the um, in the description. But it was really good because she and her husband, and I, I think she has a child too, so she might have mentioned that. But <laughs> family unit, <laughs> family unit um, was just like in lockdown in New York in 2020. Jeez. Oh, and of course, this is off the heels of her writing about a terrible pandemic that swept through the world and killed almost everybody. Yeah, that must have felt. <laughs> I don't know either really great or terrible. And apparently, she um, was saying that she just wanted to start writing a fictional autobiography of herself as a writer who had written about a pandemic and is now living through a pandemic. So the book starts off um, 
well, it doesn't start off with, but it, um, it includes a character who is a woman who, <laughs> who wrote a, a pandemic novel and is going through a, uh, a circuit for pr- promoting the novel. And as she's going through the circuit of promoting the novel, an actual pandemic is sweeping through. And, but it's really funny because like sometimes like she's sitting in these interviews and it's like the worst interview ever. And she's like, that's all, that's all factual. <laughs> oh God. I mean, even without the real life pandemic, what a great concept for a book. I know. Like a <laughs> predict, like a Cassandra kind of thing. I saw this coming. I couldn't warn anybody. You know, she actually like talks about it too. Sort of like it's almost, but like more so like in the book, one of the, so the book actually takes place in different timelines and one of the timelines, it's also, it's time travel and um, it's very interesting The book. I I did kind of, I did enjoy it. Even though the whole time I was listening, I was like, this must've been so cathartic for her (laughs) to write. Yeah. Anyway, but um, the one of the timelines takes place in February of 2020, where um, everyone's just like starting to get nervous, but like no one's like masked up yet. Everybody's like still kind of trying to go about life as usual, even though we like intellectually, like we knew kind of it was going to come, but we just didn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah. And like she, I was listening to the interview and she was talking about that. And I was like, I never really thought of it like that, but it, it was accurate. Like we knew, like we were like, I remember I was like sitting in um, the reference desk and we were getting ready to have a program. And like, there was a child coughing near me and I'm like, mm, please don't cough near me. A little bit nervous. A little bit, just starting to get a little bit nervous, but yeah, but she goes through this book with, um, and it's, it's very science fictiony, which I really enjoy. I, I like a good fantasy or science fiction book. And it's about the simulation theory and time travel. And um, I really recommend Sea of Tranquility. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah. I loved her Station Eleven book. It was the top book I read that year in 2019. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely on my list. And to talk about a book that I have not already talked about in the podcast, I have started to read Skin Game by Jim Butcher, which is part of the Dresden Files, um, which is a book series that he started. He started writing in like the 90s. And then the first book was published in, in 2000, I think. And there have been 17 books. Skin Game is 15. I actually started to read these probably back in like, 2019 I guess okay so I've been so the result it was always a series that I wanted to get into but I was either like too busy with like schoolwork and then like going to college like everybody assumes that English majors read a million books but they read a million books of books they like don't want to read the assigned assigned books so once I got out of college I like started to read these and um they're basically they're it's, it's like kind of it's good. It's like urban magic in like the modern time. Um, and if you can get past Jim Butcher's misogyny, mm-hmm. the characters are all really enjoyable. Like when he's in it and he's writing these characters, it's so good. And you care so much about the characters. And then like sometimes Jim Butcher thinks, about, oh, yeah, that's right. I sometimes don't have a high opinion of women. Oh, and by sometimes I mean like unless it's like 
a special one. Oh yeah. She's not like other girls. Exactly. Exactly. She's here to heal the male protagonist. But I do, I do love Karen Murphy is who I'm referring to, referring to, but she's great. Love that character. Um, But yeah. And I mean, if you can get past that and the male gaze, like those, they're good books. They have layers. They have layers. They're onions. I haven't read this series. Um, I do love the idea of somebody finding a world and just like, no, nothing else. Just this 25 books and just this. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many. And like, I, cause I've read, I, I actually, I listened to them. Oh, and it's James Marsters who does the audiobooks for them. And he actually plays uh, Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's done all of them. So at this point, oh, fun fact, he's also American, which yeah. I did not know until I started to listen to the first book. And I was like, why are they even a Amer- like, British guy like reading these? <laughs> or he's just putting on an American accent. <laughs> yeah. and But he's actually American, which I, I did not know. Because okay. I was very young when Buffy came out. But um, so... I skin game. The book I'm on right now is 15. Um, currently there are 17 books out right now, but there will be 25. God. (laughs) So you have a lot of material ahead of you. I do. I do. So, and I mean, I do enjoy them. It's just, I've like read them in like, or really listened to them in like such like a short span of time. I could not tell you what happened. I could tell you what happens, but I could not tell you what happens in what book. It's just one long continuing story. It's to you. just one long continuing story. That's really 17 individual stories that kind of have an overarching plot. And I think what the plan is, is that there's going to be, so there's 17 out now. So there's going to be a couple more that are like the individual stories. And then the last three are going to be a like an overarching trilogy. Oh, okay. So... I'm looking forward to it in 2030 <laughs> when they're all done. Sounds cool. I mean, you're 15 deep already. So I am. Fi- I like it's worth sticking to it. Oh, so yeah. I have to finish at this point. Like I have to know what happens to all these characters because I love them all. They're all my children now. <laughs> Adopted them. I have. I have. I just started We Do What We Do in the Dark by Michelle Hart. It is uh, her first fiction, her first debut into fiction writing. She has <laughs> written nonfiction before but I believe this is her first novel. And I picked this book up. I had not heard of it before, but because I saw an Instagram post that said what you should read based on your uh, astrological sign. <laughs> and I was just curious to see how accurate it was. What is your sign? Virgo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very, you do give off big Virgo energy. I've been told. <laughs> very organized and studious. Librarian. It works. And I'm only like a little bit over a third of the way through this one, but so far, weirdly enough, it feels like it fits the Virgo energy, whatever that means. <laughs> it's literary fiction, so you know it has a lot of really great complex writing style. I wouldn't say that the prose is complicated. It's actually very simple and clean, mm-hmm. but it feels layered, Okay, for lack of a better way of explaining it. Anyway, I should get into the plot. Uh, It's about Mallory, who's a 19-year-old student who, while she's in college, has an affair with a professor who she only calls the woman throughout the novel, um, who is double her age, so about 40-ish, which I will say, plot-wise, maybe not the most original plot, especially if we're talking about LGBT relationships in media. We get age gap a lot. We get teacher-student stuff a lot. Who knows why? It comes up a lot. But this is more of a character-driven, introspective type of book. So... Plot aside, the characters are really interesting. 
I love Mallory so far. Again, I'm only about a third of the way through. And she is having an affair with a married woman. So maybe she's not the best, but she's a complex character. I love her voice. I love the style of it. And it's a really interesting look into loneliness. It Mm -hmm. does have a little bit of, no, I wouldn't say that. I was going to say it has a little bit of not like other girls energy, but I don't think that's fair. It's more so that she feels isolated, not because she feels like she's better than her peers, but because she feels like different from her peers. She has lost her mother. So she's dealing with grief and that. That can be very isolating. It can be isolating. Yeah. And there's a quote somewhere in the beginning that paraphrasing is essentially to the effect of when we are miserable, we do things to make ourselves more miserable because there's something alluring about that misery. And I would argue maybe it's, there's something powerful about being able to control your misery. Like if you're already sad, you do things because like, well, I'm in control of what's happening now, which Mm -hmm. I think is maybe the direction the book is going in, but I don't know how this is going to end. I do recommend it though. I think it's a, it's a very short read. I think it's about or a little bit over 200 pages, maybe. Oh. And it's a very fast read. So I highly recommend it. I wonder what a psychiatrist would say about it. <laughs> I'm sure they have a lot of very interesting things to say about <laughs> it. Um, other than that, I know I talked last episode about my love mix up the manga series. Uh, here to announce that we have volume four in the library, finally, and a new series, Catch These Hands, which I picked up solely because I love the title. We have volume two in the library now as well. Both these series are comedies and rom-coms. They're a lot of fun. Highly recommend. I haven't seen anyone talk about Catch These Hands, but it's really funny. It's about two uh, used-to-be high school rivals, physical. (laughs) They would get into fights all the time, who now that they are adults have decided that they want to, well, one of them has decided she wants to be a more professional adult and (laughs) put away her fighting and her delinquency. (laughs) So in an effort to clean her act up, she comes across her rival who is now working in a clothing store. Wait, would they just get into fights or would they like, are they like boxers of some kind? No, they would just get into fights. Well, now you can be tried as an adult. So yeah. So they have to stop. (laughs) Now they have to be like upstanding people, but she comes across her rival and she's like, Hey, I remember you, you should date me. Oh, that's fun. And then it kind of gets into like, why should I? Let me convince you, et cetera, et cetera. But the panels, the way they're drawn, there's a lot of like energy to it, even though it's a, just a drawing. And it's very funny so far. So I highly recommend both of those series as well. Hey, remember when I used to beat you? <laughs> you remember when I challenged you to fights in one? <laughs> we no. should go out. <laughs> that sounds so healthy. I know, it's great. No, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, so... Speaking of books, (laughs) speaking of books, we have a little bit less fun if we move into our next segment, library news. Uh, Yeah, so a little less fun. Uh, Basically, when I was researching for articles to talk about this week, every single article I found um, is about book banning and book challenges. The hot new thing this year. (laughs) There was so much. I can't even express to you guys how every single article I looked at um, was about book challenges and book bannings of uh, LGBTQIA plus and books about critical race theory and just about the black and brown experience in general. In general, just uh, everything's getting banned. Everything's getting banned. 
or at least attempting to. Yeah. So it's just been, uh, you know, I'll link a couple of the articles in the description, but um, uh, even in uh, the June 13th edition of Publishers Weekly, there's an article called Once More for the People in the Back, Libraries Are Not Neutral. <laughs> Love that title. And essentially what the article is getting at is that libraries, they're not playing a political game of like, it's really just about accepting people the way they are having information for people and having uh, books for people from a wide variety of life experiences. And we provide those books, whether you want to just read about like, I don't know, people who are like you, people who are different. There's a lot of books that we want to provide to people. And, um, you know, we, even if you don't agree with it, you don't have to read it. That's the great part. That's the great part. You get to decide. We don't assign reading here. We just provide the resources. Yes. So like there's a couple interesting. We have a lot of books out there. Yeah. And just all I can think about whenever I read these articles is about how the library is, it's just wild that the library can be targeted so much for supporting people of all ages, genders, and races. And it's just seen as such an extreme <laughs> liberal thing, but really it's just common courtesy. Yeah. People just kind of exist, exist in the world. The and bar for human decency is truly on the ground. Sub-level. <laughs> We're reaching the core of the earth, people. Sarah, is that a uh, special edition I see? Yes, it is. We just got the special deluxe version of Gender Queer into the Library by Maya Kobabe. Um, very excited to see this because on top of the amazing memoir that is already here, we get a forward by N.D. Stevenson, the creator of She-Ra and writer of Lumberjanes, um, and an afterword from Maya, which uh, definitely also in a fancy new cover, which I love. If you guys are not familiar with this, it's a memoir. Maya Kobe wrote, who, by the way, uses Spivak pronouns, which is E-M-A-R, wrote Air journey of self-discovery from childhood to adulthood as a way to sort of explain to family and friends what it means to be non-binary and asexual, particularly for Maya and Air Journey, which, you know, every journey is unique. Uh, it's largely a coming-of-age story. It focuses on struggles of, like, the particular struggles of exploring gender and sexuality, the isolation that can come from that, the internal strife, the confusion, Am I this thing? No, I'm just lying to myself. No, I wasn't lying to myself, et cetera, et cetera. And all the not fun roadblocks that come with that, like the medical stuff, there is a discussion about an OBGYN appointment and how traumatizing, very traumatizing can be for my in particular, uh, things with relationships and family expectations, society expectations. But there are also some fun discussions about like fandom culture and fan fiction and making internet friends in college. So it is a pretty heavy at times read, but it's an important and interesting one as well. I do recommend this one. There are elements of this that are sex positive. It goes into relationships. I wouldn't say it's necessarily graphic. No, it is not porn for all the people who have been banning this book in droves. <laughs> Because context does matter, and this and this is an educational resource. Um, I will say, yes, maybe there are some subjects that would make people uncomfortable. But as we just stated, luckily, you're not being forced to read this. It's just here as a resource for anyone that needs it. I know this is something the author of All Boys Aren't Blue was talking about with their book. You know, 
they were talking about how when they were growing up, they did not have resources like this. They ended up being put into very dangerous situations because they didn't have resources like this. And they talked about it. They had to learn by experience, which as we know, not safe. <laughs> they wrote their book. So no one would have to go through that again. Mm-hmm. You know, they wrote the book that they wish they had as a child. Exactly. It's fiction is a very safe way to explore maybe unfamiliar or difficult topics there's some distant to it, so you don't have to do it firsthand. And also, it's a great way to not feel alone yeah. for all these people who feel like they're the only ones going through these things. You're not alone. We have the stories to prove it. And people have a right to have their stories told. Mm-hmm. So to see this book being pulled off the shelves in mass is uh, very disheartening, but not surprising. <laughs> it's a beautiful edition. It's gorgeous. Everyone who hasn't seen the deluxe edition, check it out. It's got constellations on one half and sunshine on the other it's beautiful it is beautiful (laughs) i'm gonna try really hard next week to have different different library news happening happy library news happening speaking of happy library news we got something uh yeah if anyone hasn't heard i i'm assuming most of you have heard jenny han's series the summer i turned pretty has been adapted into a tv series on amazon prime congratulations (laughs) is she the one that wrote tall the boys i loved before yes she is Um, I have not personally read this series, but I have heard the name tossed around frequently since I believe 2009 was when it was the first book came out. If you're not familiar, it's a YA romance. Fluffy, fun, beach read. It's got, you know, love triangle, a broody love interest, a makeover, the whole nine yards. It's a lot of fun, so I've been told. I'm definitely going to have to add this to my list. Uh, We do have the series at the library. There is a pretty long holds list now that the series has come out, but don't be afraid to place a hold on it. It'll come to you eventually. Also, you can find it on Libby. And you can find it on Libby if you don't want to wait. And it looks like it's going to be pretty fun. Hot take. I love a good makeover scene. I do too. It's so like, I'll sometimes I'll find them like on YouTube or something. Like there was this one series called like Elevator Makeover. And I like binged it one summer is that what it sounds like it is it's like everybody gets a makeover in like i don't know a couple of minutes it takes to get to like the top of like the penthouse and the elevator it was i think it was done by like condon ass or something like that and then also my favorite makeover scene is woody from toy story 2 getting that glow up (laughs) that's a deep (laughs) there's something just so satisfying about it it really is i mean if it's more than just we take her glasses off oh she's not ugly As if she ever was. (laughs) There's nothing that makes me more hideous than the same (laughs) pair of Warby Parkers I've been wearing since 2010. It basically is just a mask that obscures your entire face. Uh, But other, if it's more than that, it's pretty fun. And I believe this is a story about Belly. Is her name is short for Isabella? Sure, that's the worst version of Isabella I've ever heard. I know, Jenny, you're a really great writer, but that was an interesting choice. (laughs) Anyway, she (laughs) goes to the same summer home every year for summer vacation. She has friends on, I think it's an island. It might just be a beach. And then, of course, as we grow older, like, this is another thing. Does she summer on the island? She summers on the island. That is a phrase. Summer and winter. Like, I summer in the Cape or something like that. Like, that is a phrase I have never heard until I moved up here. Yeah. Didn't experience (laughs) that. Didn't have beaches where I was. (laughs) We summered on the parking lot of a gas station. <laughs> so she summers. And then a, this is another thing. 
a lot of this like makeover stuff and YA stuff, it's not that they were ugly before. They were just a child. <laughs> yeah. So she wasn't, she was like nine. Now she's 16. So she's older mm-hmm. and she, her and her peers are into dating. So it's the summer she turned pretty. And now all of a sudden she's introduced romance into what was before friendship and lightheartedness. Now there's teen problems. Mm-hmm. Those good old teen problems. Good old teen problems. <laughs> they just get more complex. Do you ever see an old picture of yourself like right in that transition when you're like just hitting puberty and you look at it and you're like, wow, this is the ugliest picture <laughs> I've ever seen. I try to avoid this picture. <laughs> I was cleaning up my mom's basement and I found one and I was like, oh my God, who is this gargoyle? Who let me leave the house <laughs> like this? I didn't know how to do eyeliner for so long. My oh, mom, I still don't know how to do I eyeliner. don't either. I can't wear it. <laughs> My mother, to her credit, did tell me, like, that's a little bit dark. And I was like, no, I know what I'm doing for sure. <laughs> Put on the dark eyeliner, blast of my chemical romance. <laughs> yes. Wow, you were there for my childhood. That's weird. <laughs> on the waterline, it was bad. <laughs> fun, 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 fun. Now, see, now I'm in flashbacks and we have to. Yeah, the Amazon Prime summer, I turned pretty. Check it out. It looks like it's going to be really fun just in time for summer. Also, borrow it from the library. <laughs> borrow from the library. We have the whole series here. Speaking of the library. Speaking of the library. We got stuff going on. We have the Delvina Theater Company returning with Julia Child. It is not Dan Aykroyd in the famous <laughs> SNL. Have you ever seen that? No. <laughs> it's Dan Aykroyd in like, I guess it's like the 70s or the 80s on SNL. And he's doing Julia Child, but he like nicks his finger and is like spraying blood. Oh, <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> I'm sorry if then they can't understand what we're saying through the laughter. It's 9 a.m. It's a good day. It's early. It's a Thursday. Anyway, so the Delvina Theater Company returns with Julia Child on Wednesday, July 6th at 6.30 p.m. They are going to do a performance with Lynn Moulton. Sounds very exciting. So we're here if anyone catched our last performance here as Louise May Elcott. Oh, um, yeah, they did that. The performance of her characters. Yeah. I think they did uh, Jane Eyre once before, too, oh. like a couple of years ago. And uh, that is with the wonderful Julie Butters, who yes. works here at the library. Definitely check that out. And then coming up, we've got Board Game Club on July 14th at 5 p.m. So if you're interested in any type of board game and you want people to play it with, be sure to check that out as well. It's a good crowd. And they bring board games that you don't normally play, too. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of fun. They press some unexpected ones. Very unexpected. But fun. They look They're fun. No, it's a good time. It's a good crew. And that's for all ages. Anybody can join the board game club. Uh, if we want to transition just to teens, we have a tie-dye party coming up for anyone that loves tie-dye. It's going to be Wednesday, July 13th at 1 p.m. Uh, just be sure to bring something white to dye. We'll do something. <laughs> <laughs> just be- <laughs> uh, it's so early. <laughs> I wonder what we'll do at the tie-dye party. <laughs> Probably nothing, right? Be, be sure to bring something white to dye. This is for 7th to 12th grade. And for all that stuff, for any programs, just check our website for any times or registration things. Yeah, uh, check our events page on our website if the website's working. If it's working. Because it's currently it's not working very well. But hopefully it will be soon. Hopefully by the time this podcast airs, it'll be working perfectly fine. Yeah, like in a week, hopefully our website's back up. <laughs> check us out on Facebook too. And then going on in the children's room, we've got toddler yoga with Miss Lindsay. And then that will be on July 29th. Uh, We have Messy Mondays and Wiggly Wednesdays every week at 10 a.m. 
Um, and if you enjoyed our last outdoor concert with Philip Alexander, we have the follow-up Song of the Sea. That's going to be July 12th at 6 p.m. Be sure to bring an outdoor blanket yeah. or a chair. Awesome. And then we've got Poppin' Crafts. <laughs> no, it's not Poppin'. It's Pop-In. So like pop into the library, crafts every Thursday at 2 p.m. I assume children. Yeah. Probably. A child. A child. If you were a child. <laughs> All right. So this has been, this has been a podcast. In the technical sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to finish it better than that. <laughs> we have to come up with an ending. We laughed the whole time. <laughs> That's all we need. We look forward to seeing you guys at the library and thanks for listening. Bye.